We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Guys, are you ready for rapid fire? Let's freaking go, baby. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Let's talk about Howard Cross. 13 tackles last week in the win over Duke. Most in the nation for a defensive lineman. Howard Cross is blank. Howard Cross is phenomenal and extremely over, or sorry, underrated uh, in terms of, you know, his national attention. We talked, I talked about this earlier in the week. You know, Howard Cross is undersized uh, for his position if we're talking about traditional, you know, defensive tackles. But the thing that that, that he's good at is he makes up with just uh, elite strength um, and, and just elite, to me, like lateral quickness. Like the way that he can he can use his lateral speed to get past these defenders or use these quick hand swipes to get past the defenders. And even if the play isn't directly run at him, he can laterally move down the line and, and make plays. So and. and and just a really good tackler too. Like I don't think I've seen Howard Cross miss uh, many tackles as well. So I just think he's largely underrated uh, in the country and really in this defense because you know, like we've we've really seen Howard Cross and uh, Baptiste step up recently, and I think it makes everyone's game behind him at the second and third level just that much easier. So uh, I just think he's he's underappreciated. He's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> tires, boys. Like. If anybody like we we knew he was good, right? I mean, we all knew that Howard Cross was good, but he's played great, and he he has solidified that defensive line where people had a lot of question marks coming into this year on what the defensive line was going to be able to do specifically in the middle, right? And he has made that interior of the defensive line something that I don't think we got to worry about because Riley Mills is playing well and Howard Cross is playing the best, but he's bringing those guys right along with him, and so. He's just playing like a dog, man. Jesse's right. He's undersized. Probably wasn't getting a lot of looks from NFL teams. But, like, you can't ignore the stats he's putting up, the production that he's putting up. I mean, he he got, like, a a mantle full of trophies this past week for what he did against Duke. I mean, all these Mm -hmm. player of the week honors from all these different organizations. I mean, the kid is opening up some eyes. And if he can continue doing this, you know, his draft stock is going through the roof. Totally underappreciated, especially before last week's game. And I mean, like to look and sit back and see him get 13 tackles, that's one thing. And then you look at the stat sheet and it's like, oh, now this guy 
is leading his team in tackles for the season. You don't see a nose guard leading your team in tackles six games into Seriously. the season. You know, maybe maybe he gets some, you know, like against the triple option against Navy or whatever, you know, because, you know, they're they're running the fullback more than they should or whatever it happens to be. But it's like we were we were sitting here, you know, and it's it's been a thing this season. Was this what exactly <clears throat> did Al Golden want from this defensive line? Did he want true disruption from this defensive line? Well, we've seen it now with, with Howard Cross. We're not talking about Jason Onye nearly as much either. You know, we're seeing a lot more Howard Cross. He had to be out there and he had to give them what they got from him last week against Duke. So again, I, I think for the entirety of the season, still underappreciated. It blows up when you see 13 tackles and now he's leading the team, but just uh, just a great performance from Howard Cross last week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The month of October is going to be jam-packed with huge games for Notre Dame. And ticket hunting for those games can be stressful, which is why you need to check out Game Time. Whether you're looking for last-minute tickets to this week's top 25 matchup between the Irish and Louisville, or next week when Notre Dame takes on USC, Game Time is the go-to place for you. That's where I went and got tickets to the Notre Dame-Clemson game for my mom and dad. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. 
Fill in the blank. It's blank that with Louisville joining the top 25 this week, the Irish are now set to face four consecutive teams that are undefeated and ranked for the first time since 2000. That's pretty shocking, actually. Like, that's not what I would have guessed going into the season looking at this four-game stretch. I would not have believed that, number one, they'd all be ranked. Number two, that they'd all be undefeated. No yeah, chance. I know. So I'm, I'm pretty shocked that that's the case. But what a great opportunity for Notre Dame to uh, – look, they're a top-10 team. They don't need to, you know, rustle up any, you know, support necessarily. But they're going to get it if they take care of business the rest of the way. Yeah, I find this to be electrifying just because, you know, I, I like to find te- I like to have my team battle tested uh, throughout the season. Right. And this is this is the biggest chunk of the season for Notre Dame right now. And you know, it, it would be nice to have a, a cupcake schedule and, you know, play Bowling Green and some, you know, mid-level to bottom tier Big Ten teams and, you know, whatever it might be. But it, it's it's I, let me put it like this. I'd hate to face an 11 and one Notre Dame team at the end of the season after the schedule they face maybe more so compared to these other teams by the way they get by the time they get to the end of the season it's just because of you know the maturity not only are you playing tough games but like your team has been through some tougher moments and found ways to kind of win when your back is against the wall so to me i I like it it's electrifying it it makes me feel stronger about my team and again if you're a Dame fan i would feel good going into if Dame can handle what they you know what they're supposed to the rest of the season I like my chances of this team maybe compared to the other teams because they're, they're, they're tested. They've played this kind of window throughout the season. And I should clarify, of course, USC would be the fourth team next week. So technically, it's not for sure that they're you know that it's going to be four straight unbeaten teams. It'll at least be four straight ranked teams because even if USC somehow were to get upset by Arizona right. this week, they're still going to be ranked. They wouldn't <laughs> be unbeaten, but. I was definitely assuming that USC is going to beat Arizona as part of that question. But, hey, uh, tell me again why Notre Dame needs to join a conference. Again, as I've said before, like what problem does it solve? Like everyone acts like Notre Dame is getting over somehow by not being in a conference. But look look at the the two premier games in this stretch between Ohio State two weeks ago and USC coming up next week. Notre Dame doesn't have to play either one of those, but they're on the schedule. And, you know, even though the ACC is perceived as a bad conference, like they're always going to have one or two of these teams. You're not necessarily going to expect that it's going to be Louisville and Duke at the same time, but they're always going to have some of these teams pop up. They're going to pose a much bigger challenge to Notre Dame than most people think. So, you know, again, like it's just, get off my lawn with your Notre Dame needs to be in a conference thing. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just old and tired and and look at where Notre Dame is with this stretch. So, so after being flagged for targeting in the second half last week, Jordan Botello, of course, is going to have to miss the first half of this week's game against Louisville scale of one to 10. What's your concern with that? Uh, I would put my concern at like a solid three or four, nothing too crazy. Um, and the only reason I say that is Nerdim has depth across the defensive line. Um, and, and I would say that Jordan Patello, while he's a good player, he's not an elite kind of standout type player. He's not, you know, a guy that's a, a first round draft pick or anything like that. So, you know, I just think that the gap between, you know, Patello and the next man up isn't isn't overly large to be concerned about. And I think Notre Dame will do enough again with their depth and uh, and how they've rotated players before. We'll, we'll, they'll, they'll be just fine. 
I'm going to put it at a solid two. I'm going to put it at a two but for the same reason that Jesse just said. I think this is a great opportunity for the young guys, Josh Burnham, you know, Tui Alamaka to get over there, make some plays. Uh, I, I don't think they've gotten enough opportunities, to be perfectly honest with you. Same. They're going to get the whole first half between the two of them to really show what they've got. I, I think you're going to get at least one sack out of, the, out of that duo in I the first too. half. And uh, mm, First look, half. Yeah. Yep, I think Patello. Look, Patello has been a little bit disappointing based on what we hoped. He I would agree. Be this that, year. Was, that was exactly. kind of be where, that was going to be where I was going to go with yeah. this. I think it's fair to say Jordan Patello has been disappointing so far. Like a, a guy with his talent and his ability, some of the stuff that we saw from him as a reserve last year, we just haven't seen that so far from right. him as a starting player this season. I mean. They've got nine sacks. He's got two of them. So other than saying he's the sack leader, you know, but my concern level is a two as well. I think that this is a big opportunity for Burnham. He's going to get to start this game and and a big opportunity for Tui Alamaka to show himself in reserve as well. So I'm not overly concerned. And that's really unfortunate because we've all been waiting for Jordan Botello and he's had it. You know, this is this is his time, his time to show what he can go out and do. And we just haven't seen enough of that consistency has been the biggest thing from him. And it's still something that we're looking for from him right now. So there was a lot of Kirk Herbstreet hate after he called last week's Notre Dame Duke game. Fair or foul, you guys? I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Uh, I think it's a little foul, to be honest with you. And I know, like, Brian came on the postgame show. He's like, now I understand. I had to watch an away game broadcast. He's terrible. He's horrible. Like, (laughs) As I was watching the game, like he didn't bother me. I don't, I don't know. I now maybe the bar is set very low, but I felt like he explained the game to people in a in a pretty positive way. Like I I didn't yes, there was a there was a Duke spin, but that was happening since game day. Like that, okay, get over it. Like I have no problem with that. He was actually X's and Oing a lot of things, you know. He was on the whiteboard showing people what was going on, like. I didn't have an issue with it. I really didn't. I I guess I, I know I'm in the minority. People are going to give me a lot of hate for that. It didn't bother me. <laughs> He's an easy target. He's an he easy target. It's like Joe Buck, for example. Yeah. Like I love listening to Joe Buck, especially called baseball games. And he gets a lot of hate for it. So, yeah, yeah I think that the, the Kirk Herbstreet um, negative talk is also foul, Vincent. There's two reasons I think of it to be foul. One, I think Notre Dame fans have a, a pretty good preconceived notion, and I've been guilty of it too at times before, that Kirk Herbstreet is a Notre Dame hater, right? And so when you're a Notre Dame hater, or if you think someone's a, a, not a fan of your team, you become hypercritical or, or you know, you put him more so under the microscope of what he is or isn't doing. I thought he did a, you know, a great job in the game, you know, and people are talking about the Audric SMA run. His, his job there is to let it breathe a little bit, right? Let the play exactly. kind of play out. And so – you know, it, it, I think Notre Dame fans get caught up of kind of wanting these these national media players to give you know give them more praise essentially. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's well known that Kirk Herbstreit is a Notre Dame cheerleader. But I don't think he goes out of his way to say negative things or not say good things about Notre Dame. Yeah, it's it's foul to me. And the biggest the biggest foul I think he he did a good enough job during the game. I do wonder if he is stretched a little bit too thin right now, I think he is with his, yep, he's I like, agree. I was watching him on the, on the NFL game last night and Sean Davis was complimenting him when Sean was on the show with me. And like, like I, I just don't feel like he's, 
he's hitting, you know, especially for an NFL. Now, like if I talk about his NFL specifically, I don't think that he is hitting nearly critically enough in an NFL game for like you you can definitely call players out more and you should as an analyst call players out more he calls it like a college game yeah exactly where it, it's it's fairly innocuous at times and well you know, in the NFL it just seems like he's like oh okay yeah you know this is this yeah. is you know fun da, da 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 but yeah there needs to be more seriousness to it right and like specific to last week against Duke, I think the biggest thing that shocked me is like the amount of Notre Dame people who are mad at him because he didn't start yakking as soon as Audric Estime scored the touchdown and Jesse hit it. Like in that moment, that's a big moment in the game. Both announcers laid out, which is what you yes. would want an announcer to do in that situation. You don't want them to start yakking all over it. You want to let the picture tell the story, the you know, the yeah. natural crowd noise tell the story it was amazing to me you know like how big the notre dame you know like the cheer was actually in in duke's home stadium when audric estime scored that touchdown so i don't have a problem with what he, you know are there things that you know that you could sit there and nitpick sure but i i think that that in general you know how you know what my stance has always been on on this kind of stuff i just think that that that, that the announcers for these games get too much you know, venom directed at them yeah. to begin with, because what they mostly want is a good game and they got a great game. And I think Herb Street and, uh, you know, Reese Davis, who was filling in on that game for Fowler because Fowler was in London calling the NFL game. I thought that, that they both did a solid enough job. And in that moment, I've, I felt like their decision to lay out met the moment. That's what you yeah. want from announcer. Yep. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have had to to go overboard in his praise for Audric Estime or Notre Dame in that instance. I I have never understood the fan reaction to what they believe the lean is for the announcers. Like, right? I don't care. Root for whoever you like. Yes, I realize you're supposed to be neutral. It's a national game. Da, 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 da. I I get all of that. And I understand it. And that is the way it should be. If they're leaning one way or the other, as long as my team wins, I don't care. Like that doesn't, that does not bother me. I guess I'm not bothered as much by announcers as some people are. Like, I don't care who announces the game. I mean, unless I'll just, turn it down and mute it sometimes. That's how much I, I mean, care about it. Herb Street is still better than, than what NBC has had for Notre yes. Dame home games for the last couple of years. A right. thousand like, percent. Wouldn't you take that? Percent. <laughs> yes for all the and jason like, garrett haters especially like unless a guy is just butchering names calling different people like just completely just flubbing everything uh-huh this doesn't bother me i don't know this doesn't bother me what do you guys think about this there's there's reported michigan state interest in urban meyer meyer of course is denying that there's any interest what do you guys think of this situation um, I think it's always something to talk about. And I think if you're Michigan State, you you put yourself out there that you're this desirable school, right? It's it's kind of like propaganda or, uh, yeah, to me, it's kind of like propaganda to maybe some of the other coaches out there that, ooh, if Urban Meyer's interested, then Michigan State has to be a desirable um, destination. I don't think that Urban Meyer would ever coach a team in Michigan. Um, and I definitely don't think he'd coach for Michigan State. So, I think it's just good propaganda on their end. I think you're going to entice more people or get more interest from people if you can put a label that, you know, Urban Meyer is interested or that he he has some sort of inklings of being connected to the team. I agree with everything you said except for the fact that he wouldn't coach in Michigan. I don't Ooh. think he gives a rip 
where he's coaching if he wants to get back in the game as long as the price Money's is right. Right. That's right, baby. He has no loyalty to Ohio State. Come on, Bob Barker. I, I can promise you that. He doesn't have any loyalty. <laughs> he doesn't care about any of that. And I can tell you who doesn't want him to get that job, Jim Harbaugh and and Coach Day over That's at right. Ohio State. They are shaking in their boots if they think that this is accurate. So, look, if you're Michigan State, you shoot for the stars. And I look, Urban Meyer has his fault. They are well documented, right? And I don't know. But he's a good football coach. That bingo. If you're just talking X's and O's and recruiting and everything else, you shoot for the stars, man. You bring that guy in, and we we know Michigan State doesn't worry about all the extracurriculars. So uh, <laughs> you, you, you want to get a good coach in there, and you're willing to pay, which clearly they are. I would 100 percent be blowing up his phone. Yeah, and and like his whole denial of this thing, you know, because there was like a, a local reporter who was reporting that Michigan State was interviewing him. And then the counter the next day was a national reporter saying, I've talked to Urban Meyer and he says he's happy at Fox and he has no interest. Well, that doesn't confirm or deny whether or not he interviewed for the job, you know, and as people have aptly pointed out, we saw Urban Meyer when he was at Florida refuting any interest in Ohio State. And look how that turned out. We've seen Nick Saban when he was with the Miami Dolphins refute any interest with Alabama. Look how that turned out. The coaches are going to lie right up front. They'll use the media as their mouthpiece to do it. And I'm not, you know, like no qualms. You know, the reporter is reporting what information he's been giving. I have no qualms with that. But let's not be so naive as to think that just because Urban Meyer might say, I've got no interest, doesn't mean there's no interest. Because if the price is right and he decides he wants back in coaching, he'll get back into coaching. The question is going to be what situation – Michigan State's got to dig themselves out of a huge PR nightmare, and it would be a home run for them to go out and get Urban Meyer because of who he is and the stature that he has. Well, I think it. I think it would wipe away the 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 bad taste that people have about Urban Meyer and and Jacksonville, and then wipe away the bad taste of Michigan State. It's it's kind of like both both parties are getting you know a clean a clean not a clean slate, but the opportunity to kind of you know put it in the past, get people to start thinking about other things. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark will reportedly not be at the Texas-Oklahoma Red River game this weekend, but SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey will be there. Sour grapes. (laughs) (laughs) He he doesn't want to go, you know, to the dance with the ones that are leaving him, so Uh he's just not even going to show up. You know what I mean? And SEC, they're like, okay, this this is what we're about to get. You know, he, this is he's a preview. he is fired up. So, of course, he's going to be there. But uh, Big 12, he's like, yeah, you know what? You guys decided not to be here. I'm not showing up either. I don't, yeah. I don't blame him, but it is a little sour grapes. Oh, yeah. Vince, I 100% agree. It's, it's, a, it's a huge oh, pity me, pity party type situation. Um, and that's exactly what it is. And I, I just kind of find it, you know, when, when this stuff happens, I, I just like to, ch- to, to chuckle and laugh. Because like you said, it's like the SEC's guy showing up and he's like, Man, I can't wait. It's like the envious ex, right? Like you, you, you still uh, like maybe maybe you're the, the, the girl that you used to talk to is talking to another guy that's, you know, within the same circle. You're not going to show up and put yourself through that and, and, and see that what's going on in front of you. So I think that's exactly analogy. what this what the situation <laughs> is. Like, are you going to show up at the wedding of your ex? You know, that right. kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's I kind mean, of what it feels like to me. It's SEC takeover of Dallas yeah. and they've been wanting it and and they're getting it and it is kind of a you know going you know 
don't know about a going away party, but it's some kind of party. I'll be curious to see, like, if Brett Yormark shows up, you know, at the Pac-12 championship game, you know, if if, if he's if, if a couple of members of his conference or even one member of his, you know, new conference coming up next year were to end up in the Pac-12 championship game or you know, would would uh, would would the Big Ten, you know, just show up out there if it ends up being USC against Washington or something like that? But yeah, it's it is it is definitely sour grapes, and your Mark wants none of these. He is he has not hidden his his uh, displeasure with Texas and Oklahoma and the fact that they're heading off to the SEC. So it is it is kind of funny. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's get through some of these props. We're going to have to kind of fly through them here at the end. Because again, we're up a little uh, against a little bit of a time crunch today. Notre Dame minus six and a half. Some people think that the wrong team is favored. Do you like Notre Dame minus six and a half in this game? I love Notre Dame minus six and a half. Uh, they barely they backdoor covered on that two point conversion uh, last week. Actually, no, the no, they yeah, didn't. No, that for me All they, they backdoor covered. Point Jesse, come on now. <laughs> All they did was backdoor cover. But, for you me, know that's something we didn't even discuss when we talked about Audric Estime scoring that touchdown. Well, the fact that the fact that it was a minus five and a half game, and if they kick the field goal, they're not going to cover that. Game. You know, not that <laughs> not that uh, you know that that Audric was playing for that, but I'm just that, no. You're right about that. Of, made a lot of betters happy who had Notre Dame. Let's put it that way. You're 100 accurate on that. There's a lot of people that were really bad at math. They're like, why do you go for two? We wouldn't have covered. Uh, like, no, just had to kick the extra point. Like. <laughs> Right. I guess what I, was, what I was getting at is I the 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 spread is one point better against a least favorable team uh, or a lesser team, and so I think there'll be no issues with the spread. Yeah, I yeah, I, they're definitely going to cover. I mean, I I have no qualms about that, and the fact that we heard that the wrong team is favored just blows my mind when it's six and a half points. I mean, that's a a full touchdown, but I, I think they're going to win by multiple touchdowns. So I I would easily take Notre Dame to cover that. The over-under is 54 and a half points. I think we were all pounding overs last week, and it ended up being a big under. Um, you think it goes over this week? The defense for Louisville, obviously, as we've said, not nearly as good as what Notre Dame's seen the last two weeks. This is always hard for me because Notre Dame's defense is really good, and so even if Notre Dame scores 40 points and you know uh, Louisville manages to squeak out 10 or 13, you're still at the under, so... I just have to follow the math on this one and, and Notre Dame's, you know, the defense is going against a lesser of an offense, you know? And so I, I'm going to take the under because I think Notre Dame will do just fine. But the other half, the other part of the equation isn't going to hold up their bargain. 
This is a tough one for me because because of exactly what Jesse said. I, I would I was thinking I was going to stay away from this one, but obviously we got to pick one way or the other. I, I would pick the under. I think the defense is going to come out and play a lot better than a lot of people think. I don't feel like Louisville is going to be able to exploit the 40-plus yard plays that they've been able to exploit against other defenses because yeah. Notre Dame's secondary is just better than that. They're, they're not going to exactly. give up those plays. I just – I don't see it. So – I don't think they're going to hold up their end of the bargain, like Jesse said. So I would take the under here. Um, I do think the offense is going to put some points on the board. So if they go crazy, they you know they're going to put a bunch of points up. Uh, so it could very well go over. But I'm going to go with the under. Based on my score prediction, I'm going over. But this is one Ooh. that I would stay away from in terms yeah. of Vegas. You know, like actually betting it yeah. this week. I, I'd I'd like to see. Like what what happens in this game, I think, is going to tell us much more about what Notre Dame is going to be the rest of the season than necessarily what we saw the last couple of games against those better defenses that they've been facing. Sam Hartman over under two hundred forty five and a half yards and one and a half touchdown passes. I'm going to take the over on both of these. I think this is a big Sam Hartman bounce back game. I think you're going to see the offense and the passing game clicking just a little bit more. I don't I don't trust that Louisville secondary. And these are just, you know, right around Sam Hartman's numbers all year, you know. And so I think he's been back-to-back games of unders on these after being nothing but overs on the first couple. I'd like his chances of getting back on track against a not nearly as good Louisville offense. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one game and the pass game are going to do some good things. But, yeah, 245 yards, I, I like the over there. And if he's going to throw for over 250, then he's going to throw for more than one touchdown. So yeah. I would take the over as well. Yeah, I went I went over on the one and a half touchdown passes last week, and we all got burned on that. If you uh, <laughs> dropped anything, that was part of a you know a couple of my parlays. I think I, I like the over on the passing yards as well. I, I, I agree. I think this is a bounce back. I, I'll, I'll take the over on both. Plummer has two two hundred thirty five and a half yards. The Louisville quarterback, and this this is a tough one for me. What do you guys think? I think it is tough, and I'd stay away from it just because of. He's not a great thrower, but if the game starts to get kind of a little bit not out of reach, but if the, in the fourth quarter if it's a multi-possession, three-possession, two-possession game, and they're not going to they're not going to waste any clock trying to run, and so it, you know it's going to be a lot of not garbage time, but you know kind of make up yards in my opinion. So yeah, little little rapid fire here. We gotta we gotta get going on these. We gotta, I would uh, we gotta wind down. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the under just for fun. I don't think he's that great, but I, I fear the garbage time stuff. Okay. The, the run game to be non-existent, so they're going to have to throw the ball. He's going to that's what I think. The, he's going to bat into the over, but I'll take the under on touchdown passes. Mitchell Evans, fifty and a half yards, just uh, over under. Under. Yeah, I. I yeah, under. due for some I, regression. I'm going under yeah. as well if I have to, just because of the fact you're going to have a full complement of receivers out there. Yep. Jamari Thrash for Louisville, seventy-eight and a half yards. That's a go lot. Under. They're not going to let one kid do that under. I think maybe one guy, you know, because of maybe a couple of, you know, again, I don't think they're going to have the 30, 40 yard plays, but maybe a couple 20 yard, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I would still edge under as well. Tyree 27 and a half. I'm going over for him. Over. All of those low numbers for him are great because that's, that's always just one catch. Tobias 30 and a half yards. Wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I would. Yeah. Give me yep. the under, though. I, he's not in a good space right now. Jawar Jordan rushing yards, 75 and a half yards. Oh, 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 oh. 
You could set this at 45 and a half, and I would take the under. <laughs> I think the team's going to be lucky to have that. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to give the under as well. All right. Estebay, 96 and a half. He breaks give me one that over. one that goes over, but uh, I would take the under. I'd say over just because he's hit it in like every game, but like one, it feels like. So give me the over. Yeah, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not touching Audric this week. Uh, that's. I, I think just, there's a good chance he's going to get some rest this week. That's because I think I think maybe we do see more of the other backs. You know, like Jeremiah Love getting a lot of uh, yep. love from everybody. All right, game prediction, real quick, ten seconds or less. Thirty-one to thirteen, Notre Dame offense gets back on track. Sam Hartman looks good. Running game is enough, um, and defense continues to what it what it's been doing all year, limiting uh, the confusing quarterbacks with coverage, confusing quarterbacks with stunts. Um, I, I think that trend continues against Louisville. Easy for me. I'm going 42-13. I'm not picking field goals for Notre Dame anymore. This is straight <laughs> seven-point scores, 42-13. I've got Notre Dame 35-20. I think that similarly to the North Carolina State game, Louisville's last touchdown is is more or less, you know, like a uh, a garbage-type touchdown. A know, limp that, over the finish line. That kind of thing. My my initial instinct was 17. I've been picking 17 for the last few opponents. <laughs> I know, so I went, I know, right? I went a little bit higher with 20 again, figuring out, you know, they'll kind of throw it around at the end after Notre Dame's got a comfortable lead and end up with 20. So that's where I'm going there. All right, guys, appreciate it. We're going to wrap it up right now for Vince, for Jesse. I'm Sean. We will talk to you Monday on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. This has been Ivy Countdown to Kickoff. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com